Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey. Roger, I, uh, last two Fridays, it was just me. I definitely missed having you in the room, but I'm excited to have you back as we are exploring the topic of love. February in our culture, uh, the idea of love is on the mind of many, many people. And you don't need me to tell you there are lots of confused ideas about love, right? And so we just figured a basic four-part conversation. When God talks about love, how does he talk about it? What does it mean and why does it matter? And so in part one of this four-part series, we talked about, okay, God is love and love honors God. In part two, we talked about how love abides in the truth as defined by God and love tells the truth. We live in a culture where there are lots of people who buy into the idea, if you love me, you're not going to ask me to do something hard that's uh, for me to do, or you're not going to tell me anything that I don't want to hear That's not the way the Bible talks about love. Today, we want to get this down on the ground level and talk about brotherly love, or specifically love for one another as disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's such such an important lesson. And one of the things that we really need to appreciate and understand is how God uses this word. Um, you know, in the Greek language where the New Testament was written, there is a different word for different kinds of love. Uh, the love of friends would be friendship or filio. Uh, the love we're talking about here is agape, is the highest form of love. It's one directional. It's not based upon what you have done. I will do this. In other words, I love you, period. And it is a choice. Now, in our culture, we don't have so many different words for love. We just use context. So I could say, I love my dog, I love my truck, and I love my wife. <laughs> well, I don't love my wife the same as I love my truck, okay? If I do, I'm going to sleep in my truck, okay? <laughs> so so uh, we, we have different emphasis upon the context. The Greeks would just have different words. And so when it comes to understanding love, we have to look at the words that's being used. And what we're talking about in this series here is this form that God used. God so loved the world. The idea that God chose to love us. Romans chapter 5, while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus. And so that's that's the context behind us. And, and I believe in this series and in the application when we talk about loving each other in the church, the love of brethren, that can really be hard sometimes. And the reason is we're so different. I, I've, I dare say that more people leave not because of what the Bible says or the way Jesus treats them, but the way the other people have treated them in the church. And so we, we sometimes have strained relationships. Sometimes as the family of God, we can be dysfunctional. And this idea of loving one another is so important. Even before the New Testament was closed, this seemed to be a very important topic. In the book of 1 John, John brings this up in a couple of places. Let me just highlight some of these. In the third chapter of 1 John, he says, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 
Then he'd say in verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. This seems to be a a pressing issue that John sees among them. Verse 17 and 18 of the third chapter, but whoever has the world's goods and see his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. And right there, that's showing to us that when we talk about this concept of biblical love, it's not a feeling. It's not like, you know, I I, I get warm and, and funny feeling when you stand next to me. No, it's not that at all. It's the idea of a choice. I choose to think the best of you. I choose to help you out. Now, we transition now to the fourth chapter of book of 1 John. Multiple, multiple times this word love is used. Begin with verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God has been manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. He continues on in verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Over and over, John is driving this point that we need to love each other in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and there's a reason that this is part three of this little series, right? That we didn't start right there. Um, God could have started his entire revelation to mankind by saying, listen up, I want you to love each other. But that's not how it begins, right? And just listening to that brief survey from First John, over and over and over again, I heard you read something like, God loved us, so we ought to love one another. Jesus himself rooted his some of his greatest instructions, most profound expectations for his disciples in, in that sort of flow. He said in John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, if we stop right there, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Because there had been commandments long before Jesus that God's people ought to love one another. But what makes this new is revealed if we keep reading. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And Roger, he even takes it a step further. Maybe this is worth thinking about here Uh, at some point in our conversation. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If... You have love for one another. That makes it sound like this is awfully important. Well, it is. And, you know, when we don't love each other, we don't care for each other, uh, we're not going to pray for each other, and we're not going to want to be together. It strains fellowship, and it creates tension. 
I think I think one of the great places we see this uh, social dif- differences within the church is here in the book of Galatians in chapter three, where there the apostle says, "There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free man, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise." Now, those those differences, Jew and Greek, or Jew and Gentile, we could say. They, they would never sit together normally in a restaurant and eat together. They, they culturally did not stand each other. Uh, a master and a slave. The slave stood behind the master and gave him his food, but he didn't sit down at the table with the master. That would never happen. And in that first century world, the male and the female, there were a lot of differences between that. But why he's driving that is because of Jesus, we are one. And because we are one, we need to love one another. And when we don't love one another, it brings a question mark to how much we really love Jesus. And so when we put this into our world today, uh, there are issues and tensions sometimes within a church. And one of the reasons is because we're different. I mean, I'm sitting right across from a table. Here's Jason. And for some reason, he likes every sport team from Ohio. I don't know why. When it comes to baseball, it's Cleveland. I don't understand that. When it comes to college, it's everything out of Ohio State. You know, it's, you know, we have some differences there. Okay. But either we, we appreciate that in each other, we respect each other, or we cause differences in us. Now, we're not, you know, these seem like simple things right there, our sport teams. But we start talking about the differences in our backgrounds or the differences in, in what's happened to us and cultural differences. And we start, start adding those layers to it, and it causes some people just to ignore each other. Uh, you know, through the years, there has been what's called black churches and white churches. That, that should never be. We should be one in Jesus Christ. We don't need to have a Gentile church and a Jewish church. We need to have one in Christ. We don't need female church and a male church. We need to have one. Master church and slaves church, we need to have one. And, and I think that's, that's the flavor of the New Testament. But what happens is we, we want everyone and we expect everyone to see things the way I see them. Why does he not like the Dodgers? I have no idea. <laughs> They're the best team in baseball. And I have no idea. But you know what? When I expect him to think the way I do, then there's going to be a problem. And we have to realize that there are differences, and we have to appreciate those differences. And those differences can add much value to our relationship together as we think about these things. And so, so this, is, this is a difficult command to love people. Not just everybody here, but we're talking about the brethren, those who've been washed in the blood of Jesus. They are in the same family with us. They are God's people, and we need to have an appreciation for them. Yeah, there is a problem when a a diverse group of people could gather together, uh, you know, in in the Yum Center in downtown Louisville or at Assembly Hall or at a Purdue basketball game or something and and coexist together there for a little while, right, and all cheer for the same team and, and be enthusiastic together. But then somehow we convince ourselves that the same sort of diversity can't exist within the context of a local church. We we, we got a problem there, right? And And what binds us together? let's say at a sporting event is our enthusiasm for our team right for the the team that is on the court or on the field 
maybe a lot of times it's it's far too easy for us to highlight and diversify based upon the differences when it comes to the Lord's church. But if there is any movement, any cause, any purpose that ought to demonstrate for the world around us that, okay, something greater than ourselves, our personal opinions, our preferences is absolutely binding us together. It ought to be the Lord's church, right? That begins with devotion to the Lord. That begins with a healthy relationship with the Lord. That's how John in 1 John chapter 1 emphasizes this pathway, right? That we have a relationship first and foremost with God, our heavenly father. We walk in the light as he is in the light. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? Our devotion, common devotion to the Lord is what binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And what makes these differences um, merge together and, and work together is the idea that each of us are carrying the characteristics of Jesus. Yeah. We become conformed to Jesus. So the principles of grace and patience and forgiveness, those very virtues that Jesus demonstrated when they are in our lives, then we learn to get along, not just get along, not just tolerate, but we learn to love. We care for one another. And again, the the word love as used this way in the New Testament is an action word. And so, you know, it's more than just a feeling, it's a choice. So here is a brother or sister, and they have some needs. I'm going to do what I can to take care of that. I'm going to be the one who says, here am I, send me. Now, when we don't have those characteristics of Jesus, it will bother us how some sing. You know, some can sing so beautiful like Jason, and then some sing like me. You know, I can hit every altoon note because that's how I sing. And, and that, that can irritate some people, you know. And it, we can be irritated by certain song leaders. He always leads these songs, or he never leads my songs. We can be irritated by where people sit. I wanted to sit there, but someone else is sitting there. We can be irritated by where the guy parks his car. I wanted to park my car there, but he got his car there first. And, and what we do is just like two five-year-olds in the backseat of a car, we start touching and bugging each other and punching each other. And pretty soon dad says, I got to pull the car over because somebody's going to get it. <laughs> and, that, and so when we forget Jesus, we forget grace and patience and forgiveness and those very bonds that we have. We're in this together. We're on the same team. And so we need to help. We need to fellowship. And we need to realize the enemy's not us. The enemy's out there. And that's the devil. Yeah. If I could put a, a practical verse on that, I, your description reminds me of Philippians chapter 2, where Paul begins by writing in verse 1, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, that's key, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There's the choice you're talking about, right? There's the, the selflessness 
And then he moves on from there in verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So, sure does sound like my goal needs to be not to try and convince everybody to think like me, right? Not to get everybody to be like me. The goal is not to have people model their lives after my preferences and my opinions. My goal is to be think like Christ. Appreciate the way you have been loved by Christ listen to that command to love others as Christ has loved you. That's naturally going to lead me to, okay, goal number one is to help this person build a relationship with God. And now if we have God in common, if we have Christ the King as our common King, as long as you are walking with Jesus and I'm walking with Jesus, I'm not going to allow personal opinions and preferences to overshadow what we have in common by the Spirit of God. And, you know, this, this life and this journey can be long. It can be hard. And when we have the support of brethren, when we have a powerful fellowship behind us, when we have people who say, I'm praying for you, when we have people that we can count upon to be there for us, what a difference that makes. It really makes a difference. And that comes about not just sitting back and say, well, I'm waiting for somebody to call me. I'm waiting for somebody to come visit me. It begins with me by taking the initiative, by showing my love, my Christ to them. Now, it's interesting in the book of 2 Corinthians, where Paul uh, was, was reflecting upon some personal things in his life, he would say in verse 5, for when we came to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were afflicted on every side, conflicts without, fears within. But God who comforts the depressed comforted us. Now, notice, he didn't take away the fears. He didn't take away the problems. He didn't take, he didn't lift Paul up and take him to another place. God comforted us by the coming of Titus. How many times do we pray to God and the answer to that prayer is sitting right there in the pew on Sunday morning? How many times do we say, I wish God would encourage me? There is the encouragement. And so that comes about when we have a great appreciation for our brethren. Every one of us who is a Christian stands upon the shoulders of someone before us. Someone taught us, someone encouraged us, someone led us. And and what we have to do is help other people to stand upon our shoulders. And we do that by demonstrating this love, how important God's people are. It's a mighty nation. It's a powerful kingdom. And when we see how great it is, then we, we learn to love one another and we learn we got to stop picking scabs off and pointing the radar gun at each other and always trying to find blame among each other. We need to start talking good about each other and emphasizing the wonderful, wonderful relationship that we have in Jesus. Yeah, I appreciate you framing this as a choice, uh, as a challenge at times. Uh, for my part, I'll end in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul says, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. You yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. He commends them for doing that. But then he says in verse 10, we urge you, brothers and sisters, 
do this more and more. There's the challenge right here on an ordinary Friday in the second half of February. Hopefully our conversation has reminded you how much God loves you. And now here is the call. You love like that and aspire to do that more and more. Roger, any closing words? Well, you know, we every once in a while will run a theme on these Fridays where we play some hymns, and we're not going to do that today, but two hymns just immediately come to my mind in this discussion today. One is the hymn, Love One Another. Yeah. And, and how, how that just brings out these very passages we've talked about. And the other hymn that comes to my mind is, Blessed Be the Tie. Yeah. How, 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 you know, rather than seeing the wrong in everybody, how blessed we are. How blessed we are to have people that, that help us and are there for us. Had it not been for Jesus, most of us would never know each other. And what an honor and what a blessing, what a benefit to our lives that has been because of Jesus. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Lord willing, next Friday we'll round off this discussion by talking about that challenging directive to love our enemies. In the meantime, always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.